Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. Welcome back, everybody. On today's episode of Trauma Drama, we are going to start with Is it a trauma or drama? And then our main topic for the day is therapy and action. We talk about all this inner work we've done, how we continuously need to do it, how some of us want to and love to do it. But what does it actually look like when we're challenged, we're down in the trenches, our inner child's activated? How do we control them? How do we listen to them? How do we feel heard? We're going to dive into all that. After that, we're going to end with a deep cut and hard truth. So let's get started. Kaylee, I believe you are bringing the trauma or drama today. I am so excited to share this with you, Nick. I think you're just going to, your jaw is going to be on the floor the whole time. Johnny, unfortunately, has already heard this, so this will be the second time for him. But um, as soon as this happened to me, I literally said to myself, this is great content. I can't wait to share this. It's some of the on best podcast. Best part about having a podcast is all these yeah. instances that would normally suck. We get to turn into exactly. Whatever. It did. It did help me manage the emotions I was feeling. So I was like, "This is going to be an amazing story to tell." So, um, for those of you that were listening to season two, episode one, we were talking about um, sweet and sour's, and I said that my sour was that I was having a really, really difficult time finding therapy. I said that it has been such a, such a journey in my new role and with my new benefits to find something that works for me, especially because of how amazing my last therapist was. Mm -hmm. So I went through my like network and then I had to be, I had to be referred out of my network to somebody out like a different organization. And then I have to go through different intakes through that separate organization to find a match based on the intakes. So I have done in the last two, maybe two and a half weeks, I've done two separate intakes that have both failed horribly. Um, the first the first intake is the one that I really want to talk about as the root of the trauma or uh-huh. drama um, because I really don't know. Well, for the first one, I know who was being out of pocket. And for the second one, I don't know really like where the Like if it was you or them? Yes, gotcha. exactly. But the first one is pretty is pretty awful. I'll so, make the decision, I guess. Then. Okay, great, great. You're the judge here. Yeah. Um, so I go through the profiles and I pick this person who is the only like clinical psychologist in the list of people. Um, everybody else has like their... MFT or LSW. I don't really um, know what those mean. Literally, as soon as I was saying them, I was like, <laughs> I should probably explain what those are. Um, and MFT is a licensure in marriage and family therapy. So it focuses okay. on um, doing therapy for the family system. And then a LSW is a licensed social worker. Um, and then there's also different licensures like um, LPCCs, which I forget what that stands for. There's a bunch. So I was like, you know what? I want to find someone that is in their clinical psychology role because the type of therapy that works for me the most is when somebody is really science-based. Like Mm. when they can tell me, 
here's what's happening in your brain. Gotcha. Here's the parts of your brain that are making you do these things. Or like, here's how you can conceptualize what's happening to you, which is a part of That's cool. the therapy modality that works for me, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. Okay. Like just ex- accepting that your brain is functioning this certain way. And then once you accept that, managing like the mitigating symptoms. Yeah. So it's a great modality for me. But anyway, so I picked this therapist She's a clinical psychologist. We log on and she just like completely ignores me, like completely ignores that I even exist. Like I logged on and she's like, like looking around on her desk. She's like, well, this fucking thing. And she didn't curse, but she was like this. I can't believe it. How do I work this little thing? And oh my gosh, anyway. And then she like looks up and she was like, oh, you must be, and then she like flips through her papers and she's like, you must be Kaylee. And I was like, yes, hello, that's me. Wow. And um, she has a longer last name. And so she abbreviated her last name and she goes by Dr. Z. Okay. Which is a very fucking cool, like objectively cool psychiatrist name. So yeah, it's like, I Dr. Like Z, it. this is going to be great. It was not. No. So <laughs> we start, we start off. And she, like I said, she just like barely acknowledges me. She's this like, um, she looks like she's an older white woman, but that she had a lot of work done. Like she's got, um, she looks very wealthy, like looks very put together. She's got like really, really blunt, like bangs. She's got bleach blonde hair. She's got the big like therapy glasses. She's in a beautiful office room in her home. I'm, I'm sure and I was like, oh boy, I, I picked wrong. Like yeah. instantly I knew in my head I picked wrong. And it just, it just really went downhill from there. So we start talking and part of an intake is that you have to get asked. You have to get asked. You are asked these different questions about your symptoms and what you might be managing. And so she was like, yeah, so tell me about like your symptoms and what I can help you with. And I said, well, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2020. So I really need a lot of help navigating PTSD-related symptoms. I've been in therapy on and off for 10 years. I have a psychology and a counseling background. And she was like, so then what do you need me for? God, that's crazy. okay, I don't know. I don't know. Help me. I thought that was your job to uh, Yeah, what? So then we start talking and I'm telling her about my symptoms. And she keeps interrupting me, speaking over me. And then telling me that I just, like, need to do stuff. Like, oh, I I navigate some of these tough feelings around, like, what did she say? Or what did I say? I said, uh, whatever kind of tough feelings. And she said, well, you just need to believe in yourself. (laughs) And I said, thanks, I haven't thought of that. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) That's not something that crossed my mind. Wow. Perfect. And then this is where it gets really bad, so... I want to give a trigger warning to those that are listening. The things that are coming up are pretty racist as well as homophobic. So if you're not interested in listening, (laughs) you can just hit that skip till this segment is over. Um, So then we were talking about more of my symptoms. And I was like, yeah, something that I struggle with as someone who has PTSD is like a a negative view of myself. Like I Mm -hmm. have a really hard time feeling confident in myself. And she goes... You and every other woman in America. Wow. And I said, yeah, okay, sure. And then she goes, except for black women. 
black women are so confident in themselves and they never have any sort of issues and are just always so confident. It's so hard for us white women to feel confident in ourselves. Wow. It like makes me uncomfortable just saying it out loud. Oh no. Um, it's good though that if we don't like touch on it, it's not gonna get better. So like like not in the, you, I mean just in general. No, if we don't no, no. Talk about it. I agree. Like you're gonna tell me that one of probably the most oppressed group in the world experiences like you know that they experience a lot of confidence. Like what an assumption. Yeah. What a like what a terrible way to like limit black women's access to like healthcare and to therapy because you're assuming that every, like they're all just like fine. You're really othering and like putting, putting, taking away that like their voice. I think, yeah. I think well, it, just I mean, was, it was horrible. It even was horrible. without the psychoanalyzing that part, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay. In normal counseling setting, they, they try to make sure you don't say always and never. In a, right. in an academic setting, especially science, you also don't say always or never. So she like is just really decrediting herself. A clinical psychologist, yeah. the only person that was a clinical psychologist that I was able to choose from. Uh, next, The next cardinal rule that she broke was that she started talking about herself. That sucks. And she was like, I, she, <laughs> she told me this horrific story of her own trauma and how EMDR helped her get over that and how I should consider it. Like she told me this horrible, horrible story of like a pretty vicious like car accident. And I was like, I don't care. What's like, EM- sorry. EMDR again? Um, eye movement desensitization. Rapid oh, desensitization yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's going into REM when you're awake, basically. Yes, yes. yes. But... Like I'm, I'm paying you so that I don't have to go back and forth with you. You know, like yes. as fucked up as that sounds. No, no, like, we're not having a conversation. Me. No, like at all. I don't want to hear about your day. And what if that triggered me? Like, what if that was something that, like, what if I had also survived a terrible car accident and that brought up insane shit for me? So anyway, it was horrible. And then the final straw, which is what sent me into tears, <laughs> was. <laughs> was that I was like, yeah, another one of my symptoms that I'm navigating is um, a lot of guilt and a lot of shame about my sexuality because I'm not out to, like, my family, um, but I am out to friends and um, I'm out at work and things like that. And so I really, really struggle with that. (laughs) And this woman goes, why would you need to come out? (laughs) And I was like, oh. um, Good question. I don't... yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And she said, you want to come out to your family? Like, you're in a heterosexual relationship. You want to tell them that you just kissed a girl a few times? Jeez. And then I got super hot and super yeah red and nervous and started crying. And she was like, I'm just being straight with you. It's something that you need to consider. Like, you don't need to think about coming out. Wow. Like, you're going to tell me straight up to stay in the closet. That's crazy. A real, like, what a, that? a real contender for worst therapist ever. Ever. Yeah, that was and pretty bad. Ima- 
imagine if this was my first time ever being in therapy and I had this experience. I would never go back to therapy again. Ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That or it would derail your therapy journey. <laughs> yeah. And like my like my internalized homophobia just starts like going off and like all of my sirens and alarm bells are going off like yeah, stay in the closet. Like, you're not worthy. People don't need to know that part of you. Like, yeah. this, like, yeah, people. And, but in my other, like, part of me, I'm like, nobody understands my experience and my identity and, like, my, I don't know. Like, nobody get nobody gets bisexuality ever. And it's not just about kissing a girl a few times. Like, that's so fucked. Yeah. And so in a matter of, like, one sentence, she completely devalued my experience and then set me what felt like five years back of like, yeah, just keep it in. You'll feel better. Yeah. Hmm. I have so many so thoughts. So that was my trauma or yeah. trauma. Isn't that just outrageous? Yeah, it's crazy. It was some... Whew. Everybody can take their time thinking about it. I called Johnny right after and I was like, listen to this shit. And then I called our, all three of us, our friend, Alana. Um, and Alana, if you're listening, you've also heard the story. But I called Alana, who is a friend of ours that is a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And Alana was like, you should apply for grievances. You should report that bitch. Like, that is not okay. And I was like, oh, thank you. This is what I needed to hear. Yeah, you She's should. like, she is so out of pocket. That was so, so horrifying. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just give up. Like, maybe I'm, I don't need to do therapy right now, which is so untrue. Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, like I need it in times of transition like this. And so then... So that's part one. Do you want to debrief that? And then do you want to hear the second one? Or do you want to hear the second one now? I think I want to talk about this one because I have so much Yeah. going through my head. We can take a pause and you can process well, if you need to be a little crockpot. I just don't want to be processing out loud and accidentally trigger you again. Oh, Nick, this is a safe space. I feel that I have worked through what that has made me feel and I feel safe enough with you to discuss it openly okay. and you should trust me that if I do feel triggered I will tell you okay great work uh, everyone yeah wow we're doing it um <laughs> I want to think about like first of all we're when we talk about our traumas or these issues mm-hmm. we are white so we have mm-hmm. already like a, like we're on the top of the pyramid when we have to deal with this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, what an amazing opportunity for you to gauge your own timeline for healing. Because mm-hmm. one day, one day you might replay that moment in your head, mm-hmm. like kind of reimagine it and live through it again or come to another situation that and then someone's handling you like that mm-hmm. and one day i think you might be able to not like laugh about it it's super serious and terrible but it won't affect you it's like yeah. like that ha- yeah you might have these feelings you might have these things but that you know no thanks i'm leaving this zoom meeting right but it's unfortunate because in this moment you're you're telling your possible therapist all of your most touchy triggers so now they're oh, all yeah. on the surface and they all get triggered at once. It, you, it sucks. 
And I was a wet paper towel yeah. when she was talking. I just was like, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's, so, oh my God. And then I'm just like crying. And she was like, you just need to fucking like think about it. I keep cursing because that was like, she didn't curse, but that was her, that was how pointed it was. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and usually I think in therapy, if a therapist would see me become emotional, they would be like, let's dive into that. It was just like, yeah, let's move on. Anyway, I'm like, I'm literally like having a moment here. And then. For the rest of these last two weeks, all I've been doing is flooding and over and over and over again. Like my, my feelings are up, up here and I cannot rest. Like I can't, I can't get away from that because I mean, it's not that I have forgotten every single great tool that my other therapist has taught me, but that like, I can't sit down and work through it with someone that I trust that isn't like in my inner circle that feels like they might have to fix it or you know what I mean like I just I need my therapist to just be like yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah the, the, your that? therapist would be the person you would go and talk to about someone mm-hmm. who triggered you so much in one moment and just like I just was getting fucking railed yeah like, every single moment everything she said was just and she reminded me of someone in my family who caused me a ton of trauma and so then that was also coming up for me Um, I think subconsciously because I didn't really realize it until after I was talking to Alana about it. And yeah, it was just like the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when you backtrack? Regress? Yeah. Backslide. Backslide, yeah. I I backslid, like I felt like five years, like I just, in a matter of moments. And I know that that's not true. Like my healing and my journey counts for something, but... It fucking like slingshot. If we like, no, yeah. If you like, to that moment, kind of fishbowled yourself and looking mm-hmm. down at you, you'd be like, oh, poor baby. Like, you're totally. okay. Like, you're, I'm still here, but gosh, you are totally trying. You're kind of like trying to catch yourself. So, yeah. That is brutal. Um, mm-hmm. What a, if we want to talk about her for a second, how unhappy do you think she must be? <laughs> I mean, well said. She's probably babe. looking at someone. Fuck. Who is like living who she wants to be and she's just yeah. like, I have actually been oppressed all my life, but not knowing it, obviously. And let me just barf all over you because fuck you. Right. It, that's what it seems like. It did. It felt like we were in like a like a pissing contest. She was like, oh, you've been through trauma. Well, right. Like move it along, little girl. Um, it's almost like what we want to get to is if you did that fishbowl thing where you're looking at yourself, change the view to her and be like, oh, you poor thing. Like, yeah, my gosh. But she, my sister, my sister was, uh, I was talking to my sister about it and she was like, oh, she's brand new to this agency. She like in the, in the, uh, therapy session, she was like, I have 17 new clients I need to manage and da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. So my sister and I were talking about it and she said, I wonder if she just got fired from somewhere and then is starting brand new at this new, you know, agency and is taking on all these things because she was so bad consistently somewhere else. And probably, I mean, it's yeah. But I called the agency and I was like, listen, this is bad news for me. I need something else. So, God yeah. damn. Might have to go private. I don't know. That's pretty. I know. I know. So is it, I mean, tell me what you think, Nick. Is it, is it trauma or drama? I think it's a, a trauma for you. I yeah. think I think the goal is for that to turn into a drama if that Ooh, happens well again. Said. You know what I mean? Well like, said. That sucked. But, like, it's not, 
I don't have to work on what just happened. I don't have to. It's not earth shattering. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't affect me for weeks on end. Yes. Yeah. Like someone looking yeah. at you, the situation, it's a drama. But for you, right. it was traumatic. And like. For our listeners, it's a drama. It is yeah. the drama. But goddamn. Yeah. If all of yeah. my triggers uh-huh. <laughs> got hit at once, I mean. Um, something that I worked on my last, worked with my last therapist on was um, we spent about a year just identifying what like my core values are and Mm. what defines me as a person, because that's how far removed I was from like my sense of self and my sense of adulthood and your authentic um, self. Thank you. My authentic self, my core self. I was Mm -hmm. like floating around out here. Like I don't know who I am. So we spent a lot of time just identifying values and some of my biggest values are um, like around justice and liberation and social change and around um, respect and trust and around um, like <sighs> safety, you know, yeah. like, like all of those things are, are really huge values for me. And so what I felt like happened in this session was that this person's values were so opposite of what mine were yeah. that they were challenged so harshly that it made my my inner like authentic self shake a little because I was like, oh, fuck, like someone that's in a, a place of authority and that is in a place of power is challenging my innermost like parts. Yeah. And that feels very uncomfortable and very unsafe. And then all I wanted to do was like appease her so that it would be over. Like right. I went into f- I went into full fawn response. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll think about believing in myself. Yeah. Like if I could do that, I wouldn't fucking be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> like what? It's not that easy. It's like it's jo- that's like cool. uh it's like Johnny being a therapist. <laughs> you? You're talking about yourself yeah. as a therapist. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Yeah, one, you can do it. No, you did kind I of like when I would like actually, yeah. vent to Johnny, he would just put his hands up like, yeah, I don't, why do you feel that way? Like, no, I feel like Johnny has given that advice to me before. Just believe, Haley. Well, if she just put her hands up, that would have been a better response, it sounds like. than what You're she right. Did. If she would have just said, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't think I'm, I have no idea. Yeah. That would have been like. And like, that's, that's like something, something that I just learned recently. I sat in on a, um, a trauma-informed diversity, equity, and inclusion training at my new job. And one of like the biggest questions of reframe in talking about being trauma-informed is not asking the question, like, what's wrong with you? But asking the question, what happened to you? Oh, yeah, I like that. And that's what I feel like she was asking me. She was like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? But in my brain, I'm like, no, it's what happened to me. There's no problem with me, but things happened to me. Help me. Like, (laughs) you know? So That's brutal. I know. So that was that was therapy one. Yeah. What's the next one? So then, about a week later, I I find a new person. I um I long I looked for like someone that was so different from this woman that I just felt like I couldn't go wrong. And um, this this other person was the exact opposite of her. Like two. I felt like Goldilocks, like it was too hard and then this is too soft and I'm looking for just right. And um, this therapist was so soft to the point where I couldn't fucking take her seriously. Mm. And I'm sorry to this woman if you are listening. You definitely aren't, but I just feel sad that I didn't like you so much because of how soft that this was. Um, (laughs) 
she, <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, here's my experience with therapy. Hello, here are the things that have happened to me. Hello, like these are my different experiences and my, uh, like I have 10 years experience in therapy and I have two degrees related to psychology and counseling. And she goes, that's so interesting. Let me spend the next 20 minutes of our session describing to you what therapy is. <sighs> and I said, okay. And she's got like soft music playing in the background. Yeah. And she's kind of whispering to me. And I was like, fucking like, just hurry it up. Bitch, I learned and- all this stuff before I was like seven years old. Let's go. Yeah. She was like, here's what confidentiality is. And I was like, did you not hear what I just, like, I know. I'm not here for syllabus week, that. lady. Let's get started. It was. It was like syllabus week. And then the craziest part was I was like, yeah, I'm not really, she, you could tell she was very spiritual and that wasn't in her, um, that mm. wasn't in her description. And so she was like, how do you feel like, you know, you can connect spiritually? And I was like, I can't, let's move on. And she was like, hmm, you know, just like very, very yeah. soft, still soft music playing in the background, still very gentle. And then at the very end, she was like, yeah, so I'm not sure if you read my description of what kind of therapy I do, um, but I don't think that we're a match. Damn. You should have read her description back to her. I was like, I've never had therapists tell me that they didn't think that we were a match. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I know the way that I present to people when I meet them for the first time and like... I, does the therapist I don't I don't know I don't know it was very odd yeah so she was like yeah we're just not gonna work well together good luck and then she just hung up Jesus and I was like okay I, I'll just go fuck myself thanks for nothing so I've had to retell my story twice in yeah. the last two weeks I've been questioned about my PTSD symptoms twice in the last two weeks I've had to navigate different, like, emotional relationships. Like, so then come, like, the end of the second week, and I'm wondering why I'm fucking up here. Yeah. And I've talked about all my high points of my trauma more than I have probably in the last, like, three years in a matter of, like, one smushed amount of time, and it was poorly received twice. Yeah. And so then I was like, of course, my (sighs) insights were like, is this me? Right, totally. Am I doing this wrong? Yeah. So that was my trauma drama with therapy. I know I just spoke for like 20 minutes, but um, it's Almost a big 30. One. Sorry? Almost 30. Sorry that. No, it's fine. <laughs> no. no, it's important to hear, I feel like. Yeah, I loved hearing all of that. And I do want to fix you. You were right. I know. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah. I'm not going to try, Cut. obviously. I don't. Context, context for our listeners, Nick saying he wants to fix me was because at the beginning when we introed this and I was like, hey, this is what I want to tell you. I told him that he's going to want to like talk about this for the whole episode and fix what's going on. Yeah. Right? That's what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you know, I'm saying it like an eye roll now. Like, ugh. Yeah. oh, my, the burden of me being so wise. And, and uh, so connected to your inner child yeah, so and stupid. your therapy journey. Um, well, you could go private. Right. <laughs> spend more money obviously mm-hmm. um but you'll weed out you I, it's like it's flipped yeah you know what i mean like all you have so much more control uh-huh. um if you need an emergency therapist mine is always available very um, cool to know yeah. thank you so 
that's all I feel like saying, but I'm so sorry that. Thank you. Sucks. Yeah, I um, am going to switch to the company that Kayla goes to. Oh, okay. So I called and we're going to do that switch, which is great. And Just a heads up, well. her therapist has said before, you're doing everything. I don't know what else to do. God damn it. So it's not any better. It's, uh, you might not have the, well, it's her, it's all of your experiences, but Based on those experiences and mine in private, it, uh, it I don't have any of those issues. But it's also, I mean, I'm super fortunate I can afford. Most of them do work on yeah. a scale so they can shift. Like, I don't get charged what she charges normal mm-hmm. people. So, mm-hmm. something to consider. So you don't have to Ugh. continuously just beat the shit out of yourself. I just need my old therapist. Like, she would know exactly what to say. She yeah, would know yeah. exactly. Like, and I just keep trying to channel her to be like, what would Stacy say? Like, Stacy. If you're listening, is anything <laughs> coming up when you do that? No. No. My um my hyper my hyperfixation and my uh or not hyperfixation, my hypervigilance and my excessive worry um are not allowing me to rest or you feel anything. So um I can't like even if I ask myself that, the next thing that pops into my head is like how could you know? You wouldn't know. Anyway. Well, on. do you want to hear what happens when I ask a question like that? I do. I, and I would also like to hear Johnny's, how Johnny answers his own self when he asks a question. like he, Johnny just put it to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I'm not here, actually. <laughs> um, that is part of my major imaginative work. Mm. But something does answer. But it's not my own ego like what yours is doing interesting yeah you have like a really loud critic or whatever you want to call it oh absolutely that just comes up so for me and it actually goes into some like dionysian energy are you familiar no. with the god of ecstasy no <laughs> i'm not I, can't I feel like it's johnny's like funny, m- johnny. muted god. himself johnny i can't hear you laugh no, I'm, I'm 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 here i, I want to hear it <laughs> Well, they can hear it. Don't worry. You're not familiar with the God of Ecstasy. Okay. Um, I just don't know how it's relevant, but continue. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Forget that. Uh, I didn't understand a word you just said. There were marbles in your mouth. Want to try again? No, go ahead. <laughs> I love permission. Thank you. Um, he's known as the God of like wine and getting drunk and, you know, just cool. like that's why he's known Indulgence. as God. Indulgence. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you, I've actually done some reading on like, the actual myth of him and it's not getting hammered drunk it's having a glass of wine and you break that barrier of like you know when you come home from work and you're stressed and if you try to meditate yeah. you might not be able to kind of breaking yeah. that barrier so um I've, sometimes weed helps me calm that side of my brain down and then I, I would say if i'm getting spiritual it's not like i'm praying to god but it's like there there is something else answering and it's not me hmm Right. So sometimes I have like a I have a drawing of my therapist and our little stuff that goes on. So that person will answer. And it's Mm. sometimes I have to go weeks without seeing her. So that kind of helps. But Mm. I've also been with her since like 2018. I see. So we have like over five years of me doing this stuff with her. Right. So because all that stuff you're saying, I had to break and stop and with all that stuff that happened at my school, it was like the worst it's ever right. been. Like I was like yelling at my own, in my own head, mm-hmm. like, please be quiet, please be quiet. Like holding up these walls and they were just, they Whoa. kept fucking breaking. And it was, 
it took like weeks to get it to reset but so i totally em- empathize with what you're feeling and thanks nick yeah so whew, that was a really fun trauma or drama segment <laughs> that was cool do you have anything else you want to say no johnny I thought you were going to skip yeah. over me. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know. I got to check on all my students. Where are you? Come here. <laughs> just tell me what you wrote. Just, just tell me what you wrote down. You don't have to. Th- well, he didn't write down anything. It's a blank page. Yeah. I have a I don't know board up. What do you want to say? I'm only 50% I sure. I have I, a language barrier. Can you- <laughs> I think it's really interesting that I've never even thought of the like issue of people moving and people like Kaylee who go to therapy and then they just can't, not only do they have to move and like to a new place, a new house, they have to move in there, but then they also have to find a new therapist. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, I feel like something I never thought about and like, I've never had to like yeah. deal with, but um, Kaylee's had to do this like twice now when she moved to Colorado, she was going to therapy three times. Three times. I was trying to figure out what the yeah. long beach yeah. or no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. college long beach colorado here yeah so mm-hmm. damn it's hard um i have mm-hmm. when i when i did go to therapy i i had a similar kind of experience where i i was doing one of those like online therapist thing where it's very kind of informal there's just, like a bunch of therapists to pick from mm. i think it was yeah. i think it was called better better help uh no free ads but better <laughs> better help and uh yeah the therapist was terrible they were, t- they were bad um, and then you ended up finding yours and then i went through like insurance and, and found one because i thought i just needed like the help right away and that was the quickest option oh i see mm. and it sucks have you ever thought about writing it down kaylee so you don't have to keep repeating this you can just fucking send it in the email um writing what down your story like my intake stuff no your story that you that spiel you give every time you have to meet someone for the first time yeah, that's my that's my intake stuff. They have to hear it in person every time um, because they talk. They ask about um, suicide and like current state stuff. But could they so, read it and ask you questions so you don't have to actually just talk about? That, like, I mean, I'm sure. Here's how my parents awesome. were, and here's what's happened yeah, since. That would be great. But it's also like my every time. This is another thing that's annoying. I forgot to say. My last therapist wrote me a termination letter. So mm. in my termination letter has, here's everything I've worked with Kaylee on for the last two years. Yes. Here's here's where you can pick up where I left off. And the two people that I had met with in the last two weeks both said, I said, hey, my therapist wrote this letter. Do you want it? No. Yeah. That, I think if another person says no, you should just leave the meeting. Yeah. Because they're not valuing your your mm-hmm. previous work at all. You shouldn't even. You shouldn't even like ask it as a question. You should say, "Did you read? Did you read this? Like, and if not, can you read this?" And if they're like, "No, leave," like you don't need to. It's like, okay, thanks, bye. Yeah, yeah fuck- that's that would be great. So I'm so tired of wasting 55 minutes of my life and causing just, more harm. Yeah, is it just 55 minutes? Yeah. No, because it yeah. takes over my whole. Life. Yeah, it's yeah. just like takes over everything. So now I'm like waking up and going to bed thinking about everything I've ever done wrong in my whole life. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 It fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I laugh about it. Thank you. But we can be done. I'm ready to be done with this. I want to move on. I kind of okay. want to hit go till we hit an hour. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just kidding. We talk about this for days. I apologize for taking up space, everybody. Absolutely. It's not. fine. I allotted it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Godspeed. Um, okay, so our main topic then is therapy in action. 
Yeah. Uh, just a funny joke. How would you feel your previous therapy, Kaylee, being put into action? Is there more work to be done? Did you? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Good. Let me just write I've that down. Actually, Thumbs? unable to participate. Yeah, sorry, nonverbal. Starting now. <laughs> Just a big boo. That's okay. I actually was asked to carry this the part of the show. So maybe I can. Maybe I can. Shut chime the in. fuck up. <laughs> was that corrective for you, Nick? Because you can't tell your students to shut the fuck up, but you can tell Johnny to shut the. Fuck yeah, up. I, fucking, one kid was like, "Can you show me how to put a condom on?" And I was like, "No, no, I can't do that. Sorry." And you know how to put one on. I hear you. That's what I want to say to my kids. Yeah, what were you going to say, Johnny? Go ahead. <laughs> I said maybe I could help, uh, like, participate in this topic. <laughs> I am strong. I am worthy. <laughs> yes, okay. Say it now, Johnny. You want me to repeat myself again? No, not that. What were you, what were you fucking going to say? Not, don't tell me I want to speak again. Did she just look around the room? <laughs> like a, As a defense mechanism. Like a cat, fucking orange. <laughs> you guys never, or, never mind. Um, I was about to go off on a rant there. Um, whatever topic you're about to say, Nick, maybe I can also chime in. When you are talking about it, if Kaylee does not want to participate. Yes, that's, that's great. That's it. Johnny, you are always welcome to chime in. Thank you. Moving on. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> so, fucking therapy in action. Okay. So, I got tested a lot this uh, last weekend. My sister was graduating from college, and she's going to school out in Pennsylvania. So, my dad went over there. My mom went over there. The last time we were all together was when I was like 16 before the divorce, because my wedding was when they were truly in the same vicinity. But they didn't sit at separate tables, or they sat at separate tables, and the ceremony was outdoors, the reception was all outdoors, everything was not in a confined space. For my sisters, though, she wanted, like, family dinners, she wanted, we played, like, poker together twice a week, um, or, sorry, we were there for two nights, both nights we played poker. So, like, we were, like, at the same table a lot, which I kind of realized as the oldest child was a lot for me, because it was bringing up a lot of stuff. So I'm just going to kind of tell my story and everything at any point, please stop me and interrupt me and ask me a question if you want. Um, but I've already like met with my counselor and kind of worked through it. And while I was there, I was kind of journaling and working my way through it too. So the first kind of thing I felt was a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt after I left um, my mom, dad, and my sister the first night, like went back to my hotel. I felt a lot of guilt. So I was kind of wondering why I felt that guilt. So I was journaling and I kind of came across like not that I was the one who ended all this stuff, the family gatherings. I was the one who ended it. And then I was like, mm. so this was me having a conversation with myself, Kaylee. Like I was like, actually, no, Nick, you didn't end anything. You were the kid. Your parents got divorced. They ended mm. it. And I was like, you're right. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling guilty though, because I have stopped these meetings from happening as a family and that I have done. I'm like, no, I don't want to go or no, I'm not going to invite both of them. 
And then that voice says like, well, yeah, you did that though because you had to set up these boundaries. And I was like, that's true. But like, now look at us. Why haven't I done this sooner? And then that voice is like, well, if you did this sooner, Nick, you might not have had this insight in the moment. You might not have been able to enjoy it. So the reason you feel this guilt, Nick, is because you felt you had so much fun and it was so nice to be around your family again. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't set the boundaries, take the time to work on myself. So it's like this weird kind of loop. Like, yeah, cyclical way of working through your own guilt. That's very cool. Yeah, like the reason I feel the guilt was because it was so good, but it's only so good because I did the work and that's why I'm feeling the guilt. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) So that was cool. I kind of felt guilty the next night as well and worked through it again. And then all that time I realized I don't feel guilty for my sister at all. And she's like Mm. the one who's not at home, living away from home on her own, no money. But I don't feel any guilt or worry for her. Only about my parents. That's weird. Interesting. Interesting. Super weird. Whoa. Um, So I had a realization during these journaling moments. And it was, for some of you, Johnny, it might be like super simple for you. But for me, it was like, whoa. Mind-blowing. Like, I don't have to carry their shit or dark shadows anymore. And I think Uh. that was, like, a big... When I was sitting there watching my sister, my dad, and my mom all converse, I had that... I was like, you know what, dude? I I don't need to carry all of your shit anymore. I don't have to look at where the exits are. I don't have to have a traumatic response to this stuff. Like, if they want to make fools of themselves, they can. I'm here for my sister. And that was, like... That was huge. I even had a really cool dream that night because I do a lot of dream work and it solidified what I was feeling. So that's so fucking cool, Nick. That's like years and years and years in the making of having a realization like that. It was, and like actually believing it. It was really cool. Like if we if we yeah. get if we did get religious for a second, it would be God sending me a message, but I'm not religious um, like that. It's more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny's saying no no. It's just for perspective. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. The spiritualness it yeah. was kind of like we had like a connection and that in the dream it's showing me like yes you are correct and you're heading down the right path and also good job like i got like a lot of kudos in my dreams and stuff so that i is... love i love picturing nick dreaming in his dream and there's just a bunch of nicks like saying good job <laughs> <laughs> whoa that's really cool that is cool they're not nicks <laughs> Oh. They're not Nick. Yeah, they're not. But that's a great question. Should I oh, explain okay. like that more or no? Mm. Johnny, I think it's fine. That's, that's a question for you. Yeah, no, okay. I think I think it's fine. I I want to I want to believe that it's just Nick's. you like the just Nick's. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, it's not about you. The what's happening analytically is there are the inner child, right? That pops up, or Kaylee's inner mm-hmm. critic. Those aspects are being shown to me with some sort of symbol. So, Johnny, you've been in my dreams sometimes. Wow. Yeah, what do you stand for? The innocent child, (laughs) the one who's learning, the -hmm. one who's getting responsibility, those kind of Mm -hmm. things. So if my dream, my ego doesn't want to deal with it or already feels like I dealt with it, I'll hand it off to you in a dream. I'll be like, Johnny, it's your turn to do it. So, like, you, Eric, hold a special place in my psyche. Kind of sound like Frodo or something. You sound like Frodo? Yeah, in your dreams. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. I'll let you know if I get something like that coming up. Okay, so now I wanted to kind of talk about what it actually looked like at work, like at work in the moment, handling my parents. Because I can sit here and say like, oh yeah, I had these amazing revelations and I'm 
I did, ooh, I rounded an awesome corner, but I was really tested and I'm really, really proud of how I handled it. Um, okay, so helping figure out how to pay for shit. My parents, mm. right? So this is when the inner child gets activated. Like, oh shit, it's my responsibility to handle these family dynamics. So to handle it with like consciousness, not being triggered, not lashing out, not having a terrible moment to my wife later that I have to take anger out on, you know, we want to break mm. those cycles. Just kind of like ignoring comments that were made. My mom's making comments about how my dad won't pay for anything and I, no response. And in mm. fact, it happened like twice and I got up and made my wife change seats with me. I was like, can you sit here? And no, nothing was said. And it's just like, that's great. Great job, Nick. Whoa, uh, good job, Nick. Yeah, thanks. that's awesome. Because normally I would have been like trying to mend that bridge between my mom and my dad, but it's yeah. not my responsibility. So mom, if you want to make this dinner miserable, I'm not going to sit next to you. So that was cool. Um, and then my dad and I have like this own thing with money. Like we've talked about it before. So I basically like secretly told my dad like, hey dad, you pick up our side of the bill and I'll Venmo you. And what was really cool with that though was that I navigated my dad's ego as well. Cool. Made sure he didn't. And when I say made sure, I didn't feel like I was taking anything away from my authentic self. And we've used right. that, that word a lot. So this is me making sure my inner child is safe and secure and not in control. My, me, I am. Like I, the only reason why I know that my dad's supposed to pay is because I was that. I was that for you. I was that for Johnny. I was that for Kayla. Like the, your family's paid for me when I was there for you. Does that make sense? Yes. Like at uh, Kayla's graduation, when we all go there, her mom pays for everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But my dad doesn't know that stuff, and I don't want to show my dad up. Like, Dad, I'll pay for everything. You Venmo me. Like, right, right, right. Because right. he's, like, having dinner with my my sister's boyfriend's parents. Like, he does, that would yeah. embarrass him, you know? And then set him off, and then it could ruin the whole dinner. So right. I do it very strategically, and it felt super, super special to give him that gift and truly get nothing in return. My dad left that dinner. Everybody thought he paid for all of us. But in actuality, I paid for half, but he got to be like, yeah, I'm the dad. I'm taking care of my family. Yeah. Wow. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And the fact that I was able to do it with like an intention tells me I was not triggered in the moment. And I've dealt with that totally. aspect. Any questions on that? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm just talking. No, you're not. You're not just talking. I'm hearing you. And I like, I just, I'm very impressed with like the amount of care that I think goes into being like doing this work because you, I think you could so easily just be like, this is what I'm going to do and you can mold to this. But you were like, I want to be courteous and careful and I want to like, I want to show empathy while still protecting myself. And yeah. that's I think a really, really, really cool balance because that's something I have yet to be able to achieve. I have much more of a fuck you attitude. Like, gotcha. Yeah. No, this is what I, this is the boundary that I've set. This is what I want. And either you're going to do that or we will never speak again. Gotcha. So like, I think that that's, I think you have really created a different family dynamic and a different like culture of care being at the root. And you're just doing like this sneaky learning, sneaky teaching, sneaky work. It, it is, yeah. And it's all for your own self-protection. I yes. think that's phenomenal. Thank you for saying that. And it, yeah. thank you for saying that so much because it reminded me of that moment with my dad when what I said to him, like, hey, you're going to pay for Lauren's friend. Yeah. And he asked me why. And yeah. I was just like, that's just what you do. Just trust me. And like in that yeah. moment, my something in me was connecting to something in him 
And he just yeah. said, okay. Like, my dad doesn't mm-hmm. do that. Like, but in that moment, he trusted me. And, like, that feeling was so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're right. It does come from, like, it comes from, like, a place of love. Or we, Absolutely. Eros, right? Like, so. Yeah. And it's, that's, I want to, I want you to know that that shows. And I wonder if that's why. But like your dad is being a lot more receptive because it, if somebody did that for me, I would perceive it to be for me. I would perceive it to be out of love. I wouldn't perceive it to be like I'm being managed. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Which is really cool. Thank you. I think yeah. that's the goal. That's fantastic. I think it is. My counselor says, don't punch the snake in the face. <laughs> you know, like, so if my, your narcissistic mother is triggered or, you know, or activated, like mm-hmm. don't, don't fight her head on. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next bit I was tested on was like giving equal love and attention to both my mom and my dad whoa tricky yeah so we talked earlier about me playing mini golf it's all my sister wanted to do oh which is so on her graduation day yeah so inner child so fun so Uh, but we we were there was eight of us so we couldn't all be playing on the same hole so I was kind of navigating I want to play more with my dad he's more competitive and he's actually golfs my mom I love hanging out with my mom but she's not super competitive so how do we navigate this? Because when it happened, my mom quickly got super like uh, moody and was like just hitting the golf ball, wasn't even aiming. And uh-huh. so I did go up to her and still not sacrificing my inner child at all. Yeah, wow. And my mom said, she was like, I'm just not competitive. I'm, I'm not even going to try. And I just responded like, it's all about having fun as long as you're having fun and walked away. And next time I looked at her, she was kind of having fun, smiling. And then I was yeah. like, cool. Now I felt myself getting pulled out of the moment and I was like, I'm going to go back and golf with my dad and my sister now. And then I left. So as soon as I felt I did have to sacrifice a little bit, I stopped it, which was so cool because normally I wouldn't have realized that till weeks, weeks after that. Literally. Yeah. The fact that you noticed it live in action and were able to like not adjust, but just create more of a cushion. Yeah. So like that's such, such fucking good work. Thank you. Because again, it's making sure we're all having fun because yeah. I want us to have yeah. fun. I have love for everybody here. But at the same time, you yeah. need to be able to deal with your own shit. And it probably meant the world to your sister. I like, think so. Whether she recognized it or not to like in the grand scheme of things to have a graduation where everybody is like getting along safely. Yeah. That probably was so healing for her too. Yeah. And like, wow, none of these tantrums that are happening are escalating. And you're not even doing it like... Like, you're not being, um, like, savior. No, not at all. No. You're just being your, like, authentic self and putting that work into action in a caring and loving way. I think the best part... Brilliant. I Thank you. I think the best part, going right along what you just said, was my authentic self is safe and my arms are out, like, my shields are up. Like, you're not going to get past this guard. Here's all the tools I've learned and being a teacher, dealing with children. I'm just going to talk to your inner child. If your inner child can hear me, sweet. If not, good luck. Yeah. Because this is all I can give you. Whoa. So. That's so interesting. My, I would like, I would perceive my imagery of my relationship with my family to be so different than that. Yeah. Like you're on the ground, you're on the ground with your shields up and like you're ready to navigate the problem. But I think I would be. I mean, sticking with the medieval theme, I would be yeah. in the tall in the tallest tower. Gosh, wow! Um, surrounded by like a moat and a dragon, no one can come near me. I don't want to be talked to. I don't even want to be acknowledged. I just want to 
live alone peacefully. Wow, Kaylee, that's so cool. <laughs> because can I analyze this like it's a dream yeah. just really quick? Yeah, yeah. You, you being I up, see the Nick's lighting up. I don't know. <laughs> you being up in the air would would resemble you being like elevated, but not in a good way. I I mean like remember that kid who was trying to fight yeah. me at the pep rally? Yeah. That kid mm-hmm. was you in that tower, so far off yeah. the ground. Yep. So along those lines, I've been having actual dreams, Kaylee, where I am on the ground like a snake, and I'm just on my belly, like I'm. You're absolutely right. I am on the ground. Whoa. It is. It is so cool. Um, like the snake um, from Harry Potter. Kind of. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Whoa. But I. It had nothing to do with Harry Potter. But yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, cause that's something like I, I struggle with a lot is feeling like my family owes me mm. like for the pain and like the suffering that they all put me through and like that they, especially my extended family that they were complacent in that I am owed. And I wonder if that like feeling of like being owed is what puts me at this like bad, icky, like elevated up in the air place of like, I'm, I've done the work, I'm healing, I'm trying, and I can't be bothered because I'm, but what it really is is that I'm too fragile, right? It's not that I'm better. Mm. It's just that if I'm, like, I will blow over if you, right. <laughs> if I'm spoken to. Does Which that make sense? you won't, but I hear right. you. Yes, I yeah. hear you. And yeah, you're right. And I, I empathize. I wrote down this mm. note on this weekend. I also feel like you should all be very grateful to have me. Number one, for all I was tasked with as a kid, and number two, for putting in so much work and adapting to this current state. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, no, you're right. I felt that too. And the cool thing is... That's so interesting. In all of these examples, nobody understood what I was doing. Nobody thanked me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the amount of joy I was feeling from, like, within, like, it was like I was wow. high on life, dude. It was crazy. That's so awesome. Ugh. But you're right. If you're still stuck in that anger and you just want to stay above it, yeah. The true riches or like the growth come from getting in it, you know. Right. But it um, maybe if you find I mean, a fucking therapist, because <laughs> you can't do it alone. Real. You can't do no. it alone. And I was literally just gonna say, like, I was gonna ask Johnny, Johnny, get ready. On the mic. I literally just looked around <laughs> yeah. again. You're, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you have an imagery of where you sit in your family position? If you were to think about it from a medieval perspective mm. are you a prince on the throne maybe i don't think so oh. no i think i'm like the third like person in line for succession but they'll never actually be the king you know but they're pretty happy with where they are they just get yeah old. i'd be happy too yeah. <laughs> all the money all yeah. the women i'm all like the food i'm like prince uh harry but i didn't abdicate i was thinking so i just kind of shut up and and was like yeah this is fine this is good Al- alex from uh, blue mountain state never saw it never saw blue mountain state no nope. never wow. no. not a tv Here's... show podcast so you move on gotcha yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> great insight though johnny thanks thanks um, in, my, in my realm johnny i think maybe you're my you're the dragon for me oh you help keep me protected oh that's good and bad question mark interesting i don't know is it oh do you want me Why to answer that question bad? i don't no, know I, I mean yes but i want to hear johnny's answer first well you'll have to listen on the next episode no i'm just kidding i'm joking <laughs> Fuck off. It's a joke um 
like for part two. Yeah. Um, well, like, if I'm, like, protecting you, but, like, what am I protecting you from, you know? Everybody. Maybe sometimes, like, people have got to get through, you know, to, like, get to you. Because maybe they're not all bad, you know? Maybe maybe you're, like, Princess Fiona. And I'm, and I'm like, the dragon. And then sometimes your Shrek is trying to get to you. But you're... Okay. But That's I, cool. But I'm but the you dra- are her Shrek. Well, no, I'm the dragon in this scenario. Gotcha. And I'm trying to stop Shrek from getting to you. But I'll maybe sometimes I let Shrek in. Who is Shrek? That's what a good question. Mean? I don't know. I can also be Shrek. I think you... Well, you could also be Shrek. Uh-huh. Or Protector, but also... Also not a movie podcast. It's very interesting that we went to Shrek. Well, the whole time you were describing what you felt like, I imag- was imagining Shrek. Whoa, really? Yeah, you said a high tower with a moat and a dragon protecting it. I have a question. Why? There's no dragons, obviously. Those aren't real. Okay. But why do they show up in all sorts of mythology, no matter like where you look? Mm. Japanese mm. culture, Indian culture. No idea. Nordic culture. culture. Mm. Ah. It's interesting. It is interesting. It yeah, also, well. that reminds me, speaking of Nordic culture, I didn't even get to talk about my curse for the next episode. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Note I think that. that's, I think, oh, okay. I feel like that'd be a good light note to end on. No, 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 it's fine. I don't think Nick was done with his story. I think Nick No, so add. producer, just sit there and wait for me to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, because I, I interrupted you because you were talking about you being on your belly, being on the ground yeah. in the middle of things no i'm so glad we went on a tangent thank you Mm -hmm. i was i wanted a break from my oh good um i would love to talk more about the dragon though it's super cool yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's super cool it is really cool and it's pretty i just that's so johnny we have we have a lot to dive into you and i johnny oh okay cool let's do it let's do it (laughs) right now yeah why not okay about the dragon yeah, it's st- it has stuck with me. Okay. Can I say what we want the dragon or what the dragons actually represent? And then we could go I from do. there. I do. Okay. I want to know that. So those are our, so Johnny, I'm not sure how many dragons you have to slay in your life, but Kaylee and I, our parents are the biggest ones. Mm. Okay. Whoa. So that inner critic, it's a fiery breathing dragon, right? As soon as you get your grasps on it and slay it or whatever, you'd have control over that aspect. Right. And then it will re change and reform and come back to you in a different symbol. But the point is like when I'm dealing with my mom or dad, my counselor would say, Yeah, you just you fought your dragon and you slayed your dragon. Kind of. So I think that if we did go back to your example then, where would you see the dragon, Kaylee, in your head? Yeah, because that's what that's really interesting because I don't perceive it that way. I perceive it to be that like I have put up every single protector known to man so that i cannot be reached and like i would i don't even know where my parents would be in my mythical land like they're going to be far 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 across the river or sea in a different place because i have left and been like there's no chance what about even in my sphere what about your we call it your ruling principle okay um like what governs you you said your values were changing, and when they're mm-hmm. at- when they're attacked, mm-hmm. like, are they internally attacked? No, someone else is attacking your values. 
But then, but then that voice comes up in your head that reinstills what that person yeah. is saying. So that would be your ruling principle or your father, your inner father. Does that make sense? It does. So if you send your parents off in your inner psyche to mm-hmm. faraway lands, then it's almost like keep your enemies closer. It's like you need to see what they're thinking because uh, they what they represent in your head. Does that kind of make sense? It does. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. super fun stuff. I love it. I just want to say... Kaylee was describing, and Nick, I think, saying putting your parents there far, far away. It's like Shrek. Fiona's parents, (laughs) far, far away. These literally and far, far away. My my biggest book with all this stuff is one fairy tale being analyzed through the whole book. Like Johnny, you're not far off. Thank you. Yeah, good. That's what I keep trying to tell people. (laughs) No, I can't stand. I know what's right. Um, Okay, lastly, my mom and I had a phone call yesterday where she was like, is your mother-in-law mad at me? And I was like, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, Maybe reach out to her, right? (laughs) Long story short, my mom was looking for me to fix her feelings, and I didn't. I basically actually said, like, um, just reach out to her or something. And she brought up how her brother feels certain ways. And she's like, yeah, I guess, like, I just feel like if someone's mad at me, or if they're upset, it's my fault. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a people pleaser, right? We know. Mm. We know that. So I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, this is your sign to go back to therapy. And she just got like super quiet and like sad and pouty on the phone. And I was like, you got really quiet. What are you thinking? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know, like just how you handled this. I was like, oh, like, what, oh. Do, you, what do you mean? She's like, well, when you call me and want to vent, I handle it way differently. Like I'm there for you. I make oh, you feel wow. better. I was like, yeah, well, let's talk about that, mom. You know, you're a mom and I'm your son. We actually have different responsibilities in this relationship. <laughs> and she, she's just like, well, you know. <laughs> she's like, I, you know, I had seven years of therapy. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a timeline for when you'd be healed. I had no idea. Right. And right. so it's just she basically wanted me to be her husband or whatever in that moment. And I hold up that shield and I'm like, no, I'm not going to be. And then mm. she gets pouty. So I'm really starting to have this amazing like insight into my mom's psyche. And it's totally helped me hold my shield up more. That's so cool. That's it. <laughs> that is all I have. Except for our deep cut and hard truth. But if we want to move on to that, we can. Do you have anything to add about holding your shield up to moms or mm. feeling that powerful energy? Because they bring some different heat, right? They, uh, mm-hmm. They're fucked. No, I don't know. I can't get past my um, my analogy. Of Shrek? Yeah. Well, no. No, it's not Shrek. Gotcha. I want to work on it more. But I think, like I said, like holding up a shield to moms, like they're just not even, especially with my mom right now, it's not even in my, my day-to-day. I mean, it is because it shows up in like my symptoms, but it's not, I'm not navigating it in the same way that you are. But yeah. I agree with I agree with what you had said of like it doesn't matter how long you've been in therapy if you have made no progress or like if you have not yeah. created like the tools or skills to be better and um like you can tell you can take me for example I have been in therapy for a while and I'm still not even close to being at the progress that I would like to be at which like there's no way to quantify that and there's no right or wrong way there isn't and I, I hope I am always I, in counseling i love it i absolutely love it i know i i have i have decided and i i know 
I, I decided a long time ago I would be in therapy for the rest of my life. Like, there's no reason to not do it, yeah. except for fucked up people that make the experience hard. Uh, follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. Please DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, love, hate. Please rate and review wherever you listen to. We'll see you next time. Pew.